time, my friends were like, what are you doing? My mom was like, what are you doing? And I was just like, I don't really know what's to come of it, but I saw the opportunity there. So I just kept working on it and kept growing it. Like, oh, I can make $800 by doing a few photos and a few stories and offering that as a service and then not have to have a normal nine to five job. I could actually pay my bills off of posting photos, which seemed really crazy five years ago, but now it's like totally normal for me and a bunch of my friends. I think our generation is the first to see an industry like this really develop and grow into what it is now. It's completely changed. In my opinion, it's changed the world in a lot of ways. It changed marketing and advertising, which has a trickle down effect on the economy and tourism and brands in general and sales. That was Olivia Pascal. I'm Andrew Connect, and this is the Unpretentious Podcast. Olivia walked away from being a corporate recruiter for the freedom, independence, and flexibility that working in social media offers her. Many in her generation are doing the same, and she graciously helps us understand the ins and outs of this new world that many from past generations know little about. Let's catch up with her and see what she's been up to lately. Right now, I'm a traveling model and influencer. And I travel back and forth between Miami and LA. I am just in the process of figuring it all out. I enjoy modeling. I'm going to school also. I'm studying digital media, which kind of goes hand in hand with um, what I do outside of school, which is social media work and digital media work. I'm in the process of just figuring it out, being a 22 year old young woman who is in the modeling industry, but also on the other side, like understanding the digital media side of it and being an influencer. So it's all very interesting. Digital media, everything you're doing seems new and it's never been done before and it's not defined. Do you kind of like this, figuring things out for yourself? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely still the Wild West in a lot of ways. I think our generation is the first to see an industry like this really develop and grow into what it is now. It's completely changed. In my opinion, it's changed the world in a lot of ways. It changed marketing and advertising, which has a trickle-down effect on the economy and tourism and brands in general and sales. So it is really interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see where it leads to, and I'm glad that I got in when I did because it's a lot harder now to be on Instagram and to grow an account than it was when I started about four or five years ago. That's funny. So you're already, you're already one of the original people on this new technology. In a way, there's definitely people who started before me, but I'm glad I did get in when I did. What's spoken to you even four years ago that you kind of knew, or at that time, I'm not sure if you pictured it as being a job, but what's kind of spoke to you about getting into modeling or digital media? How is that something that's drawing you in? I found a girl on Instagram who is now my friend. But when I found her account, she was still in high school and she wasn't signed with modeling agency, but she had all these professional photos of herself on her Instagram feed. And it just looked like she was doing really cool creative work and she was getting sent a lot of free things, it looked like. So I looked at her page and I was like, this looks cool. I want to get free shit too. 
literally like word for word. I don't know. It seems like a cool opportunity. I had just graduated high school. Mm -hmm. I was dabbling back into modeling. I saw her and for some reason I related to her and I was like, if this girl can do it, I can do it too. And at the time, I think she had like maybe like 60,000 followers. And that's a lot, especially back then, like four years ago, that was a lot to me. So I made an Instagram account and I wanted to pursue it more for modeling, like use it as my modeling portfolio, which it did for a long time up until like a year or two ago when the influencer industry really started to bloom. And then I realized, oh, this can turn into a whole other opportunity instead of just being used as my modeling portfolio and getting my name out there just for modeling. It could be used as an influencer and as a blogger. The initial attraction was is a free platform to market myself mm-hmm. and I took advantage of it. And at the time my friends were like, what are you doing? My mom was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was just like, I don't really know what's to come of it, but I just, I, I saw the opportunity there. So I just kept working on it and kept growing it. And what have you experienced so far in this new world? Like what has it exposed you to or what opportunities already have you gotten where it's like, oh my goodness, this is kind of surreal. I can't believe I'm here doing this. The most mind-blowing thing is that I could actually pay my bills off of posting photos, (laughs) which seemed really crazy five years ago, but now it's like totally normal for me and a bunch of of my friends who I work with. I think that is the most interesting, like, oh, I can make $800 by doing a few photos and a few stories and offering that as a service and then not have to have a normal nine-to-five job. I think that is definitely like the most mind-blowing thing to me it still is that is pretty wild to wrap your head around right that's pretty insane <laughs> it is insane have you been part of commercial shoots or what kind of have you done where it's like i can't believe i'm here i've done like little parts on set for the show ballers me and Dwayne wade were in a scene together that was cool i've done a commercial with lebron like sitting next to him while he was having his personal masseuse give him a back massage and i was just very casually chatting with him and his mom <laughs> like moments like that that I'm just like wow okay this is very casual this is my life it's cool I'm thankful that I I get these like cool opportunities that the average person doesn't get to experience every day just in general it's opened up so many doors for me and how I want to live my life and it's given me freedom to travel whenever I want to I can book a plane ticket wherever and whenever which is like invaluable to me so this travel this independent lifestyle this not being kind of having others telling you what to do in a direct way that the nine to five kind of enforces that all speaks to you and this is all brought about by social media basically it's really quite crazy to me but i I feel like it definitely is an escape from the rat race Mm. It, it is its own rat race in its own ways it's becoming more competitive and more demanding but at the same time i'm not showing up to an office monday through friday and i have done that before I've had plenty of full-time jobs and part-time jobs. I worked in a mortgage firm for almost a year as a corporate recruiter. So I do know that side and I do know that life. Mm -hmm. And after doing it and having like an hour commute to West Miami, I was just like, it sucked the life out of me. And I kind of made a promise to myself, you're not going to live your life this way. You're not going to live your life dreading Monday through Friday and only looking forward to two days out of the week. And I think that kind of spooks the corporate world where they're trying to understand how do we... We're having a lot of people retire and we need to fill these spots and we don't seem to know how to speak the language to this younger generation that they're doing these things we've never even heard about. Right. It is. It's scary for especially like the older generation, my parents' generation, and they are still very in the mindset of you need 
to go to college, get a degree, get a corporate job, have a pension. And I think my generation is the one who says, no, we're making our own opportunities for ourselves. We don't need to go to college. I mean, sometimes it depends obviously what you want to do, mm-hmm. but we're making those opportunities available to us where if you're putting in the work, you're going to see the return. And I think that's really exciting. Modeling in Miami, I think you were part of Swim Week. Like, what was, what is that experience like? That is interesting. I would say that's like the rat race of modeling world <laughs> is Miami Swim Week. It's just like New York's Fashion Week, hundreds of models in bathing suits in like small spaces, pretty much just sitting and waiting around to get their shot at, at a big show. It's very competitive. It's not so much, I haven't, I've never had a caddy experience. I'm sure I can get catty. I have a bunch of pretty girls in a room competing against each other. It's intense. It's re- rewarding because it, it does end up being fun. You end up meeting people and networking and you get to know brands and other models, which in turn brings more opportunities. So it's definitely an experience. Well, I have never experienced anything like that. So can you help me understand what that <laughs> feels like? What does that feel like walking yeah, on stage? Well, it's like your moment of glory everyone in the room like could be hundreds of people at a swim show everyone's attention is on you and the bathing suit that you're wearing because basically you're you're showing the designer's new line of swimwear that is unseen so it's kind of epic basically they have buyers at the Mm -hmm. swim shows so it's boutiques who want to carry the swimwear brand in their boutique or online boutique or whatever it is the chance for them to show off their line and then for models we get to show off the line too. And it's exciting for us. The first time a lot of people are seeing the new designs and it's an adrenaline rush. Definitely having an entire room of people staring at you. <laughs> it's a, it's, I don't, a lot of people get nervous. Mm-hmm. I see it more as a fun thing. Um, I don't take it so seriously. I can just picture it like playing sports. It's one thing to play in the backyard, but it's a whole other thing to play. In front of a stadium, right? Right. So I imagine that's the same thing where it's gotta be like next level of this is the big stage. Here we go. Definitely, yeah. It's fun, though. It's, it's one of the things I enjoy most, honestly. Do you think a model kind of represents what society says, this is what it means to be feminine, or this is what it means to have arrived at the peak of beauty and desirability? Or how do you kind of view like the, the word model or being a model? I think the definition of, or the reputation of being a model is changing. I feel like, I feel like back in the day, it was very like, okay, this is the standard of beauty. This is what it means to be beautiful and look beautiful. But now, especially with so many campaigns coming out for love your body, body acceptance, self-acceptance, I think that definition is becoming more loose, gearing more towards beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So that's something I'm excited about. Of course, it's always going to have that reputation of, of, okay, you're a model, you're, you know what it means to be beautiful and you obviously do everything right, you eat right, you exercise right, but I think it's getting a little looser now, especially because models are becoming bloggers, it's more common, or models slash influencers. So the definition is, I think, becoming broader and we're getting some more skills under our belt instead of just looking good in front of the camera and being a pretty face. And there's this changing definition, so when you got into it, like I'm sure it's evolved, but what kind of speaks to you about why this is something that you're passionate about? Well, I got in when I was young, actually. I started when I was nine. I have been in the game for a while, and back then it was just being in front of the camera for me because I was a kid and it was fun for me. So that just shows me that it's something I like 
genuinely enjoy. Like I enjoyed it when I was a kid before I had a reputation, before I had an ego. Like it was genuinely, mm-hmm. I had just fun in front of the camera, like goofing around, smiling. But now it gives me the freedom, honestly. And I would trade the, the steady paycheck every two weeks. I would trade that in for the freedom any day. I get to travel. Like I said, I, I can book a flight whenever I want. I can be bi-coastal. I'm not listening to a boss telling me like, hey, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, or I need you to come in early tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I, I get to be my own boss and it gives me that freedom. That seems to be something that speaks to like an entire generation. I don't know if you could put words to it, but do you kind of know why? Do you think it's just your personality trait or would you say amongst your friend group that this idea of basically the nine to five or the corporate world, is that kind of synonymous for like, I don't think what the older generation is offering me. I don't think they know what they're doing with their lives, or I don't think what they think is worth having. I don't agree that's worth having or worth the cost they're paying for it. Does that resonate with you? Or why do you think this idea, like you're saying, the last thing I want is the stability of what they have to offer. Why is that almost repulsive to you? Well, stability itself definitely isn't repulsive. I would, I mean, (laughs) I would love to get a steady paycheck every two weeks if I could, but at the same time, it's at the end of the day, I would rather wake up and make my own plan for the day than wake up and have to be somewhere and have to show up somewhere. No matter what, I have to show up there and I know I'm going to be there for nine hours. And I think with our parents' generation, that's kind of all they knew and they didn't have social media and the internet wasn't a big thing. And there were just less opportunities for a remote type of lifestyle. We're just seeing the opportunities and taking them as they come. Whereas before, I don't think those opportunities existed. Gotcha. What do you find worth desiring or having in life? It seems like you're already aware enough where it's like, I'm being offered this one thing from the corporate world. I know I don't want that. What kind of speaks to you for what you do want out of life? Happiness, (laughs) contentment. (laughs) Who doesn't want that? I don't know. Like in general, I'm a person who it's a life's work to be content with where we are now. Our society is so driven on our future and our goals and more and more and more. And it's like, I've even seen that with my Instagram page. I hit 10,000 followers. I was super happy. I hit 20,000 followers. I was super happy. But every time I'm just going to want more. Mm -hmm. So even when it comes to money, okay, I'm making a 60,000 salary. Awesome. I get a bonus for $75,000 salary. Awesome. But it's like, at what point do we stop wanting more? You know, at what point do we just settle and like, we're aware that the goal is to keep striving to do better and be better. I think we get lost in that. And we like, that's why we feel like time moves so fast. I think it's more about being present and being content with what we have now and finding happiness in that. I like what you're saying. I think that's such a hard thing to grasp. It is. It is. 100%. It's not easy. Especially, you know, you're younger, you're kind of saying, okay, I'm being offered this one version of life. I'm saying no to it. How do you learn the discipline? To keep pushing yourself. That and like you're saying, the challenge in life is some desires can destroy you and some desires are weak and you're like, I really need to focus on those and make those stronger. Saying no one teaches us what to want or even how to want. It's like we may. So how do you kind of for yourself, like you're saying, you're independent, you're setting your own schedule, you don't really have any checks and balances, or how do you kind of go about knowing 
how to how to find contentment or how to know which feelings to listen to, especially being a model where I'm sure you have promoters or you have friends mm -hmm. where it's like you're being offered a lot of opportunities at right. a young age. And how are you going to handle all that? That's a good question. <laughs> I'm going to sit with that real quick. I think it's just like sitting down with yourself and thinking about what you truly value. For me, my values, I think my number one value is relationships in my life. Mm. And that's friendship, romantic relationships, work relationships. Those are all the most valuable thing to me because I could have a million dollars, but if I have no one to enjoy it with, I'm not, that's not going to make me happy. And I can travel the world, but eventually if I'm by myself, it's going to get lonely. So I'm going to want to bring someone who can experience that with me. And I think just like as humans, that is all of our biggest value. And I don't like maybe people don't realize that enough and they value money and success over relationships. Mm -hmm. But to me, that's most important. So like first and foremost, before I enter anything, I think about who my relationship with that person and if it's a genuine one or if it's more just like what can I offer you and what can you offer me which is fine too that's completely fine and that's, that's how a lot of modeling and a lot of this influencing stuff works a mutual benefit and I think it's about finding those genuine relationships and nurturing them you're saying like as a human this is what you want but for a lot of people you're not a human you're a model <laughs> <laughs> right. There is no human. No. <laughs> no, you're just an object. What is it actually like for you being a model in LA and Miami? What kind of is your experience like when you share that with someone or just walking down the street or dealing with brands? Right. I mean, it's, I don't. I guess I could compare it to like, oh, if you ask someone, what do you do? And they say, oh, I'm a musician. You kind of assume they're a struggling musician who hasn't played any shows and plays at a dive bar. So it's the same way that people associate, you know, different like things with something like that as with modeling so when I get into conversations that's usually the last thing I like to share because there are so many biased opinions already about it not negative or positive like could be mutual but people are gonna put me in a category oh you're a model okay like that's what you do that's who you are and it's not necessarily who I am I don't truly identify with it it's one of the hats that I wear Mm -hmm. But I can also say I'm a dancer. I danced for 10 years and I can also say that I'm a singer because I sing in the shower and I sing in my <laughs> car. You know, it's just like mm -hmm. one of the things that I do, not necessarily who I am. I can't explain that in casual conversation when people are like, oh, what do you do? Do you notice a shift in how people treat you once they hear that word? Definitely. I get written off as less intelligent, like off the bat. <laughs> so that's unfortunate, but... If someone is going to write me off as that and not take the time to get to know me, then I don't really value the relationship anyways. So I'm like, I'm seeking for those people who understand that that's a hat that I wear. Because some people do understand that. They're like, okay, but they care about getting to know me more deeply and find out what I'm really about. And it's a hard place. That's kind of what I'm driving for. One of the books I've read, they talk about modeling is beauty opens doors on the edges of cliffs where it's like it gives you all these seemingly great opportunities that turned out mm -hmm. to be like, oh my goodness, how did I end up here? When it shifts how people treated you, it's like, what are some of the ways you'll notice? Like, this is how I know this person isn't so much valuing me as a person, but they are more treating me as... Well, I guess when the conversation is just surrounded with, oh, um, like what brands have you worked with? How many? I guess when the conversation surrounds of, of just solely about modeling and then like we have nothing else to talk about, 
okay, like, that's just what they think this is, like, just a model, that's all I can do, that's all I'm good for, and then if the conversation doesn't escalate past that, then I, I drop it, I leave it there. What you said about, like, opening doors for Cliffs, that's definitely true, and it, I think the opportunities that it does give us can lead to not great situations because the benefit is our appearance. And what we can bring to the table as a model, quote unquote, is our appearance. So no matter what, that's going to lead to opportunities that don't have much depth or are kind of sketchy because there's a lot of sex appeal with modeling, of course. Mm -hmm. The line definitely gets a little blurry and we have to be really careful about the people who we trust and that loops back around to the relationships and really trusting the people that you're working with and the people you're traveling with because there's nothing worse go on a trip and oh she's one of the models like almost cattle Mm -hmm. like we're less of less of a human like we're just good for a pretty face that pretty face and just being reduced to almost an object that can't feel good but yet at the same time it's got all the opportunities it offers me can you kind of explain what an image job is um yeah so image work is basically where you get paid for your appearance and that's it a lot of clubs do image jobs where they'll pay girls to be at a table for the client who is some rich lonely dude who wants 10 pretty girls at his table so when you're getting paid just for your appearance that's an image job when it first was introduced to me it sounded really sketchy i was like sounds like an escort type of thing but as time went on i realized that it's an actual thing and there's even agencies now like very well-known agencies who are submitting girls for image jobs So it's Mm -hmm. almost like it's been added to the services of what a model does, which is interesting. And then that's also a very blurry line between, okay, is it an escort service or an image job? That's exactly what I mean with opportunities that it can lead to can sometimes not be the best for the girls. And I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. No one's offered me when I was, you know, 18 or 22, (laughs) like, hey, you want to go to Dubai? All I have to do is hang out in this yacht. Like, I'll pay for everything. It's like, oh, really? Cool. You promise that's it? But is that something, is that work you do? I've done, like, boat days before in Miami. Like, we'll do a yacht party, and I literally just go to a yacht party, and I get paid to be there. So that's cool. That's just easy money. It's a good time. But as far as, like, more serious image trips, I mean, it's definitely sketchy. I don't know. I would really have to trust who I was traveling with, because I've learned my lesson the hard way I traveled with a guy who was a promoter and we went to Mexico and it was all fun I didn't get paid for it it was just everything paid for which obviously who like who can turn that down so he takes a bunch of girls and then it was just really bad he just didn't take good care of us we were on our own in Mexico pretty much and in that moment I I learned a really valuable lesson of a you have you really have to trust the people who you're traveling especially out of the country with because he did not take any accountability for us and our hotel rooms and our food or anything. Like, it was just a nightmare. And then B, you have to ask yourself, is this really what I want to be doing? Or do I want to be working hard enough where I can pay for these trips myself and be with my friends who I actually care about, like my real friendships instead of just random girls going on a free trip? It definitely leads strange things like that. But in the end, I'm glad I went because I did learn a really valuable lesson. Is that one of the emotional tools that you use to navigate? Someone ever makes you feel like you owe them something. It's almost like a red flag where it's like everything I thought was free. Now the tables are being turned on me. I think that's in everything, though. I think that's just like a side of shitty people Mm. who 
you know, want to offer you things and then say, hey, no, wait, well, now you owe me this. I think that applies to everyone in general rather than just modeling. Oh, absolutely. It's like a life lesson for everyone, but it, it, it yeah. very much seems to fit with this whole look at all these opportunities and then let me try to use like carrot and stick. And it also fits with the relationships. Like everything I feel like comes back down to that is knowing that the people you're getting involved with are good intentioned and don't have a hidden agenda. And that takes time and you know, you're not always gonna be right about people, but I'm learning more and more how important those, those strong relationships are. You tell me your opinion on this quote, so they talk about models. Uh, women that can work the camera with ease often work men just as effortlessly for both require the same commitment to vanity and manipulation. Would you say you're, you're kind of a people person and you kind of have this gift for reading and responding to people, so that's why you're saying this is kind of your guide for how to navigate life? I wouldn't say a guide. <laughs> I wouldn't claim to be a, a know-it-all or guru in any sense, but I'm, I read people very easily. I read energy and body language and the way they come off very easily. So I don't know if that's something that all models are capable of, but it's something that I know that it's, it's kind of like a skill set that I have and I do use it to my advantage and I do try to use it to read people out and see, you know, if their intentions are ill or not, but it's helpful. <laughs> definitely helpful. Well, I'm definitely more on the more logical side of life, and that's like a very black and white. It definitely doesn't explain all of life, but explains a good portion of it. So for yourself, how do you know when you are following your own rules where this is me being like a good person and I'm not the one using someone else? It's hard to tell a logical person this, just if it doesn't sit right with your gut. Like into, I'm a strong believer in intuition, and I think it's our sixth sense that a lot of people aren't in tune with I feel like I am mostly in tune with mine and if something is not sitting right if there's that little voice in my head I listen to it and if there's that gut feeling I listen to it and there's I've I've trusted that gut feeling many times and it's led me in the right direction many times I also think like if I'm gonna think about this before I go to sleep at night and I'm not gonna be able to sleep I probably shouldn't do it mm. <laughs> that's kind of my my go-to method and I, I can't say I've done anything that I've like, I really genuinely feel like I'm a good person and I treat people how I would want to be treated. I don't know if you're familiar with the premise of the Breaking Bad show. I haven't seen that many episodes of it, but the whole... Breaking Bad? Yeah. Yeah, like, the where whole, they cook meth Yes, <laughs> but, Yeah, and the whole, one of the big overarching themes was we want to start off with this character and by the end of the series, we want him to be doing these awful things, but because mm -hmm. we've walked you through his journey step by step, and each step of the way, like he agonizes over these decisions and he makes a small decision and it's understandable why he had it. And then all of a sudden, by the end of it, you're like, I can't believe this guy's doing these horrible things. And part of me is right. like, good for him. Like, yeah, I'm supporting him. How do you, in your world, like you're saying, it's hard, it's hard for me to grasp. Like, it seems to me like, well, if I operated a, a lot of my life based off of feelings, like how do I prevent that from happening? Or how is that not something that occurs? Like not losing yourself in your moral compass? Is that what you mean? Yes, where it's like this gradual step-by-step -step process where you wake up right. saying... I think it's just checking yourself. I don't think enough people check themselves and they get lost in like the chaos of life or the, the attention of something maybe. Like I think it's about centering yourself and constantly checking yourself. Is this who I am? Does this align with my morals? Would my child self be proud of who, what I'm doing right now? I'm really in tune with that side of myself. I also have to thank my mom because she is like, she, from day one, she's just 
led me on the right moral path. And whenever I would have a debate over a decision or something was right or wrong or who was at fault, she always helped me like get grounded and really find my center and make the best decision that aligned with who I am. Gotcha. And that's something that kind of speaks to you. The Me Too movement something that's in there. Is that something you have a pretty strong opinion on? I mean, how could I not? Being a woman in the industry, I've heard many stories about photographers taking advantage of girls. I've been put in a situation where I haven't been taking advantage, uh, maybe taken advantage of, but just been really uncomfortable. And it was when I just started modeling. So mm. I didn't have the voice that I have now or the courage that I have now to say, hey, I'm uncomfortable and I don't want to do this. Mm. But I think a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of, especially models, fall under that trap because they feel pressured or they think that the photographer is going to, you know, get them to the next level or give them opportunities that they can't get themselves. And it is unfortunate. So I think like, especially with the Me Too movement, like every, every situation, every person needs to be held accountable for their actions because if not, it's just, it just, it's going to keep happening. It's a vicious circle. 100% where it's like someone is doing something against the will or pressuring that that's clear cut. Everyone should agree on that. And then like you're saying this, the blurred lines that pop up, that's where it's like, oh my goodness, it's a lot, there is gray area where it's just not, just as much as there's these evil guys out there that we should all say, how dare they? There's also, you know, women trying to say, okay, what do I need to do? Right, women who are like, oh, I'll sleep with you to be on the cover of guests or be on a guest billboard, 100%. <laughs> I mean, there's always gonna be the, girl, the girls who are more willing to, to do that stuff. So there is another blurred line there for sure. Yeah, and that's just got to be a tough world to navigate. Yeah, it is. It is. And I think it has a lot to do with people's foundations and their roots. And it's like so important to ground yourself. Because like I said, like if you're not constantly checking yourself and where you're at and what you're doing and the relationships in your life, you'll you'll end up lost in that hole. Lost in the sauce, I call it. <laughs> what does lost in the sauce mean? Lost in the sauce is like you just you lose your head in the hype of things and the attention of things, the clout, things that are trendy right now. And it just, it's being, it's putting your energy and priorities too much into what will connect you to people and what will make you famous and all of that. And it's mm. like not, it's losing your balance. That's, that's being lost in the sauce. <laughs> it's, it's a very common thing in LA. It's an, okay, so in Miami, was it, I mean, Miami's, it's got its own reputation, but is that kind of a difference between even Miami and LA? Yeah, for sure. Miami, like, the most you could get lost in is, like, the, the nightlife, but that's almost, I feel like, in my opinion, almost harmless, because it's like, girls are just going to go out, get too drunk, and go home, and maybe have a one-night stand. In LA, it's a little more malicious, because there's opportunities involved with it. There's opportunities in work and money associated with the nightlife and the mm. parties and like the social aspects of meeting people. I see. So that's kind of like, I think Boston, what they value, it's like what you know, New York City, it's how much you make. Philadelphia is whose family you come from. And LA. Who you know, who, who you, you know, know, for sure. Who you know. Granted, I'm, I'm the first one to tell you that who you know is everything. And that's how I feel comfortable, not pursuing my pursuing my degree and getting it as soon as possible and then going for an interview and getting a job because I know that I know enough people who would be more than happy to give me a job or set me up like I have enough good relationships like that so I'm the first to say that who you know is very important but you also can't let that rule your world 
that's almost like the new currency or the new economy where before it was degree and what schools you went to and the good old boys club, but now there's social media. What is social media, the new currency or how do you? Yeah, I would say it's the new class. It's new the class. new middle class. It's the new lower class in the industry. It's 100% what it is. People who have a million followers are, you know, upper class <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're making more money. So it's kind of accurate. Kind of. Oh, it's trans. I see it translates the the followers into dollar sign, mm. mm-hmm. and also connections for opportunities for jobs. Like, yep. Wow. And so I'm guessing people. That's how they value your worth. Is let me see how many followers she has, what level yeah. she's at. Mm. It's crazy. It's crazy, and it's easy to get lost in. You know, it's easy to choose your region and there's going to be something that people judge you for base your worth right. off of. There's the dense population of influencers and mm. YouTubers and content creators in LA especially and everyone kind of just migrates here because there's more opportunities where YouTube stars actually turn into TV stars and movie stars like they're getting roles in movies solely because they are YouTube stars and they already have their own fan base. So just like that's just an example but i yeah it's crazy in la especially because it just has a dense population of this new generation of of social media stars and is that i mean it used to be you go to school and you get to your degree but is there even a degree for what to do in the social media sphere like who's teaching you no one and that's why it is the wild west because it's like no one has a guide no i mean people are making guides now there's so many businesses that are doing like tutorials how to grow your instagram faster there's like services to to grow your social media channels Mm. so it is creating other opportunities just because of what it is everyone wants to try to explain why things go viral do you feel that viral is different than gaining followers where gaining followers is more of a yeah viral is is quick and it's, it's like quick, fast fame, but it doesn't last long. I mean, there's so many things that went viral in the last year. The, the Walmart boy who's singing, <laughs> the who's doodling in Walmart. Like, that was a big thing. And then now he kind of died off. But he also got so many opportunities from that. He's on Spotify now. He's producing an album. He's like nine years old. And all <laughs> he did was sing in Walmart. And it just happened to go viral. Or this girl who was on Dr. Phil a few years ago for being obnoxious and just so crazy to her mom cash me outside girl now she's has two gold records and is producing music with the biggest rappers in the game and that's just because she she was on dr phil and then (laughs) she did nothing after that but someone took that clip and it boom it went viral and now she's a rapper and she's like a millionaire i'm laughing at this just because it's like you know it blows my mind it used to be right like i'm thinking not that I lived then, but 50s and 60s, right? It used to be the company man would go into work and he would work for one company his whole life. And he sure had expectations that he was going to have, like you said earlier, like a pension. Uh, You know, here's how much money I'm going to make. Here's when I'm going to retire. Here's the life I'll be able to have. For now, like you're saying, that's not even in your worldview where it's like what I don't want is someone else telling me what to do. And hey, maybe I'm not guaranteed success, but it could come, maybe it doesn't come. I don't know why it would or why it doesn't, but that's okay. I'm just here experiencing life. Does that sound true? I think so, And but it's like a different way of looking at life. Like instead of valuing like, okay, this is my 40 year plan. I'm gonna work here. I'm gonna sit at the same desk for 40 years. I have all these benefits, all these pensions. Like mm-hmm. that used to be a good thing and now 
with my generation and with my the people who are doing like this content creation that is sounds so scary that's something that we would probably never mm. want to sign up for because this life that we're living now is too free for that and i think it mm. might end up biting people in the ass especially mm -hmm. if they don't learn about money and like starting retirement mm -hmm. funds early on and mm -hmm. how to how to invest your money but it, it leaves more room for endless possibilities because who knows i could be living somewhere else i could be a millionaire i'm not sure so it's kind of just like being more in the present moment taking it day by day and like taking opportunities as they come i'm thinking more like general now so not don't take this personally i'm just thinking this like okay how does this work from a societal standpoint and it's almost not fear but it's like it's not viewed as being free to almost be committed to one company where they control that much of your life and instead of that it's like i'm going to have 50 people or 50 companies or 50 brands from which i pick and choose and i try to manage all those it's like that feels more free to you yeah in a way mm. and i guess it's just it's growing like instead of just looking into collaborations now i'm looking into managing social media or mm. our content creating for brands so it's kind of just like a, an expanding thing and that's why i say endless possibilities because it can lead to anything. Like don't, I don't have to limit myself to just doing brand collaborations and posting a picture on Instagram. Um, I can work on, you know, working with travel agencies and organizing influencer trips with them. So that's like what I'm gearing more towards. Like I'm seeing how I can apply what I've learned through social media that like so far and how I can apply it to something like someone would consider more of a real job or like a real position. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, because I definitely don't want to just be posting pictures for the rest of my life on Instagram and have that be my main source of income. Sure. I'm going to use it and apply it to the next the next best opportunity. And I think that's what everyone is doing because now they're making YouTube channels and YouTube channels leading to like YouTube Red series, kind of like an endless, endlessly growing thing. And you look at the, like Apple, the world's first trillion dollar company. It's like all these, mm -hmm. all these companies in a sense, I mean, you are working for them, which is ironic that on one level, it's like, I don't want to work for one company, but yet we're making the world's biggest companies that have ever existed in the history. Yeah, totally. It is ironic. Because they're not, they're not there saying you must, do, they're just giving you this platform and then they control mm -hmm. the rules of the platform or they control the financial incentives. Yeah. And that's scary too. So I definitely have, I've thought multiple times, like, you know, screw this, I'm over it. I'm over Instagram because they, it's hard knowing that it's so out of your control when they change the algorithm that directly affects mm. a lot of people and in turn it affects their money because they're getting less engagement and that means brands are going to pay them less for their posts so that's really frustrating i'm not saying i want to do instagram for the rest of my life i'm definitely looking into other yeah. options and other opportunities my business mind is just processing this because like it's new information where it's like okay so the way the new world works is actually there's the most powerful biggest companies ever but the trick to making people feel comfortable with them is not to exert the influence directly i.e feeling like you have a boss but it's just to control the, the rules of the game which is you know right. I click yes to the service agreement right and that's why that's why i said it is its own rat it's becoming its own rat race too you know but because it's abstracted it feels less threatening than an actual quotes unquote boss whereas this nameless corporation you're just one little drop in their ecosystems yeah 100 percent. but that's 
how I see it is that's the price you pay for getting paid $800 to post a photo. <laughs> yes, I know. That's the price you pay. Like there's, of course, there's going to be cons with it and you have to, you have to think if it's worth it or not. But no, it's definitely, it's something to take into consideration for sure. It's okay. It's all great and good right now, but what am I going to do in 10 years when Instagram doesn't exist anymore? Yeah, we'll see. I don't live in that world. So this is all like, like, whoa, mind blowing. Like, okay, I see what you're dealing. Right. Where it's like, what a cool lifestyle and how fun and kind of right. Like yeah. There's but, more that goes into it for sure. Yeah. But you kind of enjoy that, right? You always like finding like the next new things. I mean, like I said earlier, I'm like all about trying to be in the present moment and taking it day mm. by day because in my eyes, like that's all we have. We don't, the past doesn't exist. The future doesn't exist. The only thing that is real is right now that's kind of my philosophy and that's how I try to live my life. So when I find mm -hmm. myself stressing out about the next brand deal or money or whatever it is, I, mm. I just, I have faith and I know that it's going to come and I just take it day by day and I try to enjoy, I try to enjoy every day for what it is. It's an adventure and I'm in the process of experiencing it. Do you walk in the shadow of men who sold their lives to a dream? Do you Next episode, Sarah will show us what the life of an aerialist is like. I'll see you then.